So I think when we talk about um, the found, some of the foundations of the Dominion Mandate and its implications, I think that uh, verse 31 is very important. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. the dominion mandate mm -hmm. and how that relates and kind of compare that to uh, you know some of the unbiblical ideas of it today or you know I guess in the dominion mandate we're called to have dominion uh, have dominion and be good stewards they're two different words that are used um, rule over all creation God has given that hand of that over to us um, so let's kind of talk about that, why uh, it's important for us to have a correct understanding of that and maybe look at like some things that people have done um, to, to, you know, to distort that. You right. know, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I figured we could just read the Dominion Mandate because um, it's on the first page of the Bible and we should just know what it says. We should know what it says, and, and it's important that we do so that we can have, you know, we should, like you said earlier, we should know about these things. We right. should know about creation. We should know about animals because we're called to rule over them, and right. how are we going to properly rule over them if we know nothing about them? Absolutely. We, we have to have a correct definition of dominion, and since we're following the definition in order to even understand it correctly, it needs to come from God. Right. Then that's his word. Absolutely. Right. So we'll just start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And it's a little bit of a long passage, but it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So all of creation. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning the sixth day. Mm. So I think when we talk about um, the found, some of the foundations of the Dominion Mandate and its implications... I think that uh, verse 31 is very important. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Wow. So right there, it, it gives you a biblical <clears throat> foundation of how we should look at creation. And mm. it says plants and animals, all birds, fish, um, that it's good. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's very important um, because that one verse right there, God saying everything is very good, is going, you know, how we view what that means is going to, you know... Um, 
is going to, uh, you know, depend on basically how how we apply that. Sure. You know, right. How we apply that. It also so, talks about our rule, right? It right. talks about our rule there, and it says all of these things that he had created were good. He also created the the dominion mandate. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think what it does too is this is prior to the fall. So this is yes. initial creation. We've got Adam and his job, and it is to subdue the earth over the animals and all of the fruits and veggies or whatever. Yeah. Name them. And it's, it's important for God to tell us it's good because right now we don't live in a perfect state. We live in a fallen state. Right. So we need to realize the, what, what creation was initially created for because now we, when we plant and we do things, it, it yields thorns and thistles. Right. It mm -hmm. wasn't like that in the right. beginning. So subduing and taking dominion looks totally different than it did prior to the fall. But, but we need to realize the the um what what's the word i'm looking for like jesus christ died to save us but he also died to save you know everything yeah, around to us. redeem those things to All redeem those things so we right. need to yeah. we need to remember exactly what it's telling us pretty right. much yeah right um yeah i think it's actually let me quote uh, dr wilson uh gordon wilson here yeah. what he talks about because this um ruling over the plants and animals um at one point he makes an analogy of how a, uh, the man is supposed to be the head of a household. Oh, okay. And it's interesting because we're, we're you know, talking about dominion, right? And um, when we look at that word dominion, a lot of people, um, especially um, people who are against the Bible, will say, well, look, this just says you're supposed to, you know, they, they see that word dominion as, as being a very bad thing. Negative. Right, which is the way that most uh, secular people view um the Christian view of marriage, of the male ruling over the, his household. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's also seen as some people distort the word rule over for have good stewardship, right. like be a good steward. Well, while we are supposed to be good stewards, right. have dominion is have dominion, right? It's right. a rule. Absolutely. So it's completely different from stewardship. Yeah. But I like the uh, I like the analogy he makes um, because we're supposed to love our wife like Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. And so we're supposed to seek to beautify her and to serve her and to steward our family and to rule over our family in a way that, you know, like like Christ himself would, right? And so I think the same thing applies. And let me just read um, one of the uh, one of the things he says in this about that. And it's interesting you said that because in order for us to properly be the have dominion in our household or be head of our household we need to learn about our wives right right we need to learn about our children so we can't just say we have dominion over the earth let's destroy it let's rip it apart because we can do whatever we want because Absolutely. we're in charge of it we need to see the beauty in it and how god has created it see it as valuable because god created it and treat it as such right Absolutely. And I think he really gets at that. Um, I'm going to read a quote from page 77. It says, God put Adam in the garden to work it and keep it even before the fall. Mm -hmm. Nature is amazingly durable and resilient, and though it can sustain itself without our help, God commanded us to tend it and keep it. Christianity should produce leaders in ecology, but alas, we have not. Mm. Rather than taking the lead, we have become reactionary cranks and criticize secular leaders for the wrong-headed worldview and the inane environmental policies that spring from it. 
Warning about environmental care, protection of endangered species, etc., can too often be shrugged off by us as non-problems because nature's most outspoken advocates are often eco-tyrants. I don't defend their ideology, but some of the problems they see are real problems. And so I think I think he kind of nailed it right there, you know, um, hit the nail on the head. Because what we're what is happening is very very intelligent people, like ecologists and biologists and geologists or you know whoever and um are telling us ways that we're destroying the earth mm -hmm. and a lot of them are alarmists and they're basically taking science they're taking it beyond the bounds of science and they're just giving us their world doctrine view. right their worldview but other times they really are onto something and they're absolutely right and it's sad that it, it seems like at least in my own experience the only people i've ever met that seem to care about the environment are uh, secularists, you know, right. and and that I think that buzz that's like a buzzword right there, the environment. Yeah. You know, when we hear that, we tend to just kind of put our walls up and like, okay, you're talking about the environment. You know what I mean? Um, you you care more about animals than you do about humans, which is oftentimes the case. Romans sure. chapter one, yeah, right. But the thing is, is that the environment is where we live. It's the air we're breathing right now, the soil that you know our food comes from. We're just we have this huge disconnect. Because we're all, you know, we're all wearing cotton shirts, but I doubt any of us have, you know, any of you guys have watered the cotton that went into making your shirt. Right. So we don't really see that, you know. We're all, um, you know, we're eating cheese, but did none of us know how to milk a cow, right? Yeah. And so there's this disconnect, but yet there are, you know, the cow still needs to breathe and good air and to eat good food in order for all of us to be healthy. So, um, and God cares about those things. Sure. God cares about the welfare of animals. Sure. It's very clear in the Bible that he cares about the welfare of animals. And, you know, we need to be looking at what's, you know, um, how we're affecting God's creation. Sure. You know, by, we don't think about that because, you know, things come in and out of our home and we don't really see how they get there. Right. You know? Like the water, I don't know how the water gets to my house. I'm, I'm not a plumber. I don't know how. I just turn on the faucet. Right. And then I don't know where it goes whenever it goes down the drain. Mm. And, like, what effect am I having on that? Mm. Because, you know, we're supposed to be caring about our neighbor. And so clean air. Um, That's good. Uh, good soil. Um, and then on top of that, we talk about biodiversity and habitat destruction, you know, and right. some sure. of these ecological problems that only it seems like only secularists are talking about right like of the 40 books i own on plants i don't think one was written by a christian at least mm. i couldn't tell Bro. and so every time i read about plants and the only people that care about this are people who worship nature and don't even they don't have the same you know reason for caring i think mm -hmm. it too has to do with having a bad eschatology absolutely yeah. you know um people think that uh, you know, everything is just going to be destroyed around us, that we're going to be raptured up into the air. Right. Everything's going to be destroyed. So why should we take care of the the nature around us? Why should we take care of the earth around us when it's all just going to hell? Yeah. Right. You know, and, and that's a wrong <clears throat> eschatology, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's incorrect teaching and understanding of the text, which therefore creates Christians who don't care about the environment around right. them or you know say they do and don't really put it into practice because they think they're just going to be raptured up into the air at some point in time the earth is going to be done away with yeah dude i think i think one thing that i'm hearing is phenomenal right now i think the one reason why we should care about subduing the earth is because through our inherent sin of that through adam we destroyed it 
Yeah, we did. We are responsible for what happened in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So we, like it says in the Bible, all of creation groans for the revealing of the sons of men. Right. Right. And I don't know if it's sons of men or son of God. I might have, I might have, I I might have just misquoted the Bible. But (laughs) regardless, like problem, right, right. So regardless, when God takes our heart of stone, replaces with a heart of flesh, causes us to love His Word and what He says in Genesis. What we really need to do is not take the people who have um, switched the the Creator for a creature, and they have misplaced worship with their resolutions, which really causes honestly um, yoke and strain and burden and a works-based salvation through trying to. cultivate the earth through policies that are probably unethical and immoral right. like kill your baby go water your garden absolutely you know sure. what i mean kill your baby use it as fertilizer to grow more trees or something right i mean it's basically it's kind of i mean yeah you know i'm you will you know the more you get into literature like that you'll start here you'll start reading that i was reading a, a book um permaculture designer's manual which permaculture is a design system that implements um <clears throat> Uh, lots of different uh, strategies in order to have a, a landscape that can feed you, basically, a food forest. And so the guy who created this, I mean, the book's full of great ideas, you know. Um, but he has, uh, the first chapter was on like, on, like, ethics, right? Which includes population control, you know. And so that's, that's the reason as Christians we can become imbalanced because the only people that are t- talking about saving the environment are also talking about population control yeah, sure. and aren't even saving the environment because it's God's creation and we're supposed to steward it. Um, and so oftentimes we can become imbalanced and listen and, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah so, yeah. so they can't even have a correct understanding because they have an incorrect foundation. Yep. So they see, they see nature and animals as in, uh, equal spectrum with human beings yep. when we know that that's incorrect because human beings are image bearers of God we're created in God's image so we're not on an equal spectrum we mm. actually have more value mm-hmm. now that value comes with responsibility tend and have dominion but at the same time it's like these people's uh, people who, who, are, who are activists I'm not saying all but many see human beings as you know a disease right. or as uh, you know, just consumers that are destroying the earth. And yes, that is that is happening, but they need to start from we are image bearers of God. Right. Called to have dominion and tend the earth, rule over it. How do we do so in a, from a biblical stance with a biblical viewpoint in mind? Because if you, like you said, if you throw the baby out with the bathwater, well then, let's get rid of humans too. Less <laughs> humans means that the earth will be a cleaner place right, right. and the value of life is equal to value of a cow's life. Right. Wow. You know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty twisted. But, yeah. um, but I, I mean, the implications of this passage of Scripture, what it's talking about here is large-scale wildlife management. Amen. So we're talking about managing wild populations of, and domestic uh, animals and plants, right? Um, and so this is something that I've never met anyone that's ever talked about doing that biblically, you know, uh, which is interesting. Um, but the thing that, that is true is that humans have destroyed uh, ecosystems at a large scale, and we have done some very bad things environmentally. But we have a reason to care about that because God says it was very good. We have right. we have a reason we to care about that. We have the reason. Right. right. Um, natural, the, the secular worldview doesn't make any sense. They either are pantheists and they think the whole earth is God, um, which we could go into all of the philosophical 
errors in that one statement, sure. or they believe that there's no ultimate purpose in the universe. So yeah, so why should we? Just why should we, we care? Right. Right. Um, and but as Christians, we should care. We should care about um, animal species going extinct. That's extremely important, and God cares about that. He said it was very good. So if we're being good stewards, animals shouldn't be going extinct, right? Um, we shouldn't have rivers that are being, like, some rivers don't even flow to the ocean anymore right. where they used to. Yeah, we dam and, them up. And, yeah, we dam them up or we divert them for irrigation. And all those things are good, you know, if they're if they're done right with steward, with stewardship, right? right. Because we're, we're, we got to be thinking about the people downstream, yep. you know, literally and figuratively. Right. What, what is, you know, who are we affecting by our way of life? Yeah, our future generations. Absolutely. What is our kids and their kids' world gonna be like? Uh, what what kind of things are gonna happen? Right. And and we, you know, what's interesting. We could talk about this too. Is that we're called to tend the earth and have dominion over it and be good stewards of it. But at the same time, um, when we're murdering the innocent in abortion, well, we're spilling blood, innocent blood, on our soil, and that has an effect on our earth too right what is what does god say that he does to the societies that spill innocent children's blood that sacrifice children to other so to gods what what does the bible say that happens to those people they're, they're going to be judged and the land that they're on is going to spew Boom. them out there we go right, right. so <laughs> we see things and like we see natural disasters we see all of these things going on and people don't want to attribute that to god but that's a judgment yep. right that's a judgment so we can tend the earth by understanding it and taking care of it and realizing that we need to take care of it we could also tend the earth and take care of it by doing what god has right. told us to do and taking care of our fellow Absolutely. man as well and i'm glad you brought up abortion um, because I think that's one of the uh, another imbalance that Christians can have, where they see these envir like myself, like they see these environmental issues and they care, Ooh, okay, you know, um, because like I started eating plants out of the wild, mm -hmm. and so then it became personal because pollution pollution becomes personal when they're spraying your food, right? You know, when I there's things I see as food and you go wipe it all out, I'm not too happy about that because I I eat that, you know what I'm saying? Sure. And um. But one of the areas that Christians can go too far is they start caring more about the environment and they don't care about the babies being murdered in our nation. Right. And so uh, I think that's also important, you know, that, uh, that like both are commandments. You know what I mean? I would say saving babies is much more important. But the in Proverbs it says, a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Yes. Sure. So save babies for sure. That should be our primary goal to end abortion, right? But when those babies have kids, they grow up and they have kids and they grow up and they have kids, like what are we what are what kind of place yeah, what, what kind of world are we leaving behind for them? You know, sure. polluted air, pol no uh, polluted water, you know, animals that are I mean, you've seen those food documentaries, you know the nasty things they're doing to our food. Sure. And that's the stuff, you know, we're talking about and um, maintaining and and I th I like this book because he he starts it with a theological uh, presentation kind of like what we're talking about of Amen. why you should care um, about animals and plants and then he goes into a practical reasons sure and he tells you you know like uh, we're all eating plants right now um, the bread was grown somewhere the tomato sauce was grown somewhere um, the clothes we're wearing were grown somewhere you know it, it needed 
clean water mm. for that to happen and good soil for it to grow in and you know and stuff like that so if we pollute those things we're not like gonna be able to sustain uh you know at least in certain areas i would sure. never say the earth's over- overpopulated i think that's a secularist <laughs> yeah, mythology sure. it's, yeah, yeah, it's a agree. joke i'd agree but um it's extremely important and god you know he does care about it it's so. it's like the question is this so in a perfect world post fall how is it to be a good steward and to subdue the earth but or pre-fall sorry but now post fall what does it look like when you want to subdue the earth when animals also want to rip your throat out mm. and right. how do you subdue the earth when we have things like pollution right. or we have things like pesticides right it's a totally different um construct but what we don't do is like you're saying is we don't go to the secular humanists who although they have some good ideas um, they actually have resolutions that don't make them good stewards to their neighbors. So how do you sure. be good, a good neighbor in a pre-fallen world? It's probably much more simple than it is in a post-fallen right. world. Although we know that um, Adam fell anyways, regardless of the perfect uh, world that he was given. Right. Uh, he fell from that. But even more so now, we live in a broken one. Sure. So if we don't, like you guys said, if we actually don't take of our families first, like with abortion, like we have God, husband, wife, children. If, we do, if we're not doing it in that order, it's never going to end well. Sure. So right. we, we would say as Christians that if you don't submit to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior who has all authority on heaven and, and on earth, who sends out his people, if you don't submit to that, you're actually going to act, you're actually going to create a, a culture that's going to eat itself alive in the long run. And right. you're going to end up worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Absolutely. And it's going to be bad for your neighbor as long as it's being bad for you and your sure. children, and you're just going to actually create the extinction of the world. But good thing that God's in charge, and that's sure. not his intended purpose for the world. So right. you can do what you want, but Jesus has already crushed the serpent's head. Yeah. So. Yeah, amen. I love, and I love, too, you know, the argument. They, they have no argument for why we should put oh. in these policies no. or these things. Yeah. Because why, you know... Why is it wrong to eat fish but not eat humans, right? Why, why, is it, why should we put these policies in to save these things when it's just the uh, evolutionary process, the result of an evolutionary process? Why do these things have value, right? right. Why, why does the creation have value? Why should we save these things? Well, Christians, we have uh, a reason. We have a reason because God created them and he said it was good. Right. Uh, the evolutionist, the atheist, um, they don't have an argument for yeah. why we should do these things. And I think it's uh, it's so ironic when I watch um, the nature documentaries they're coming out with now that just displays God's glory on <laughs> your screen in a way that's never been seen before. Mm-hmm. And how ironic it is wow, dude. that these people are sitting here telling you, basically, they don't say the words, but they say they talk about evolution. You know what I mean? Which, if you believe in evolution, you ultimately believe we live in a purposeless universe. Those yeah, two things right. kind of go together. There's, there's yeah. no way to get around So that. you're displaying this beauty, and all the while it's purposeless. And then you're going to tell me at the end of the, where I can go at the end right. if I want to help save the these Panda. animals. <laughs> right. And I'm like... The wilderness. So you just said it was like all random chance and coincidence, you know, I right. mean, ultimately. And it's, and it's super ironic, too. Because all they're doing is they're showing God's glory yeah. further. Right. They're showing these animals that you would never be able to see. And all that does is give glory back to God. Yeah. Right. So they're displaying on the screen for millions to see the glory of our creator. Wow. 
and all the while, ironically, denying it. Right. It makes no sense. Utter foolishness. Yeah, it is. It's utter absolutely. foolishness. Yeah. Um, that's heavy, bro. I that, love that's that. Pretty, it's pretty crazy, man. Like, but, uh, I, but I like what you were saying. You were saying, like, how do we, how do, we do this? Like, it's going to be difficult. Um, and I think it's important uh, to have this in mind that whatever sphere you're in, you are commanded to rule over mm. all the animals. Yes. Whatever, like sure. whoever you are, it's on the first page of the Bible. That's like the, literally <laughs> yes. the first commandment God mm-hmm. ever gave Adam was to do this, to rule over, you know, and subdue the earth. And so you're not going to get out of that commandment. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. abortion is more important because saving so babies bearing, is more yeah. important than, uh, and I want to, you know, make right. that super clear. Image of God bears. Right. But they're both commandments. So right. we sure. don't get to do one and not do the other. Amen. So whatever sphere you're in, like, we need people to come up with solutions to problems that we're facing ecologically. From a biblical sure. worldview. Absolutely. Like, like plastics is a good example. Um, invasive plants, pollution. All those things need to be tackled. And everyone, no matter what field you're in, you can, you can contribute something. But we need engineers. Mm. You know, we need uh, people who study biology, people who study ecology to, like, stand up. Like, where is everybody at? Yeah. Yes. I mean, for yeah. real, because I'm reading all, all of my books, almost all the books I own, regardless of the topic, like, were not written by Christians. So, yeah. like, why are mm. our secular humanists coming out with literature who care about the planet, but they're doing our job better than we are, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what we've become. We've become people who are cranks, who just want to criticize, criticize, criticize all the different things that people are doing, but yet we don't stand up and do it. We'll just you know, pray ourselves. for them. Right. Right. We'll just pray for them. And it, it's interesting, too, it's like, you know, we we have, you know, we, we are told that these animals are good. We're told, uh, but we could also distort that as Christians, right? We could say, well, we have dominion. We have rule. So let's, if we want to wipe them out, let's just wipe them out because people like are more spiders. important. Right. I don't like spiders. Spider. I don't, uh, <laughs> snakes. I don't like snakes. I should just kill the snake. The serpent. But, but it's like. <laughs> yeah, and he, cut, he, he deals with that. Yeah. yeah, and and they have purpose, right? They, they have, have purpose. purpose, and just because they're scary or dangerous doesn't necessarily mean that we should just wipe them out and kill them. Absolutely. Now, we do need to protect ourselves, obviously, mm-hmm. but but we should see the scary life as uh, equal value to the beautiful puppy dog right. that people are fighting to save more faithfully than babies. Absolutely. This is what we should be doing. Like you said, we need all the engineers. We need all of those people, those smart people, that that's what God made them for. But the point of kind of what I was making with the fall, like how do we take dominion in a post-fallen world is this. We see that it's through the crushing of the serpent's head that Christ's Christ's, um, heel was still bruised. So what I'm saying Mm. is though taking dominion, we should see the gospel in every aspect, that the pain and the suffering and how hard it's going to be should point us back to Christ to say, look, that's because Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sins because of what we did to the world, right. Right. not to what he did to the world. And right. this is why we should be reminded every second of our days when we see an animal that can hurt us, when we, we, we lost it, you know, yeah. we, we fell. But we need, yeah. and we still, like you said, we still need to take dominion. But taking that dominion and having the suffering should point us to our hope, the anchor for the soul, which is Jesus Christ, that that suffering, if we're in him, doing this in a biblical worldview, right. will actually make us more like him Amen. Yeah. in the long run, Absolutely. which is even better. Yeah. Because yeah. now we have a better understanding of the grace, the love, the mercy of Christ through a fallen situation. Right. Because we're not going to be lifted up off of this 
world, right. there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth that come together. This is our home, right? Amen. right. This is our home for the long term, yes. and we are going to rebuild yeah. it with God, right? We're going to restore it. And and we're it's going to be evident. It's going to be our job regardless. Right. So yeah. let's start. Right. Yeah. Let's, Ooh, let's do what it. we can. The kingdom, gospel of the kingdom. Um, let me uh, give you a little quick quote here. He says, "God's command is to rule over them." Talking about animals and plants. That means study, beautify, utilize, manage, and enjoy them. This is all part of good dominion. But removing them is not. Hmm extirpation and or extinction is just bad dominion and i it's funny because he was talking about you were talking about like spiders and and snakes well he gives an example in this book of how mice right most people hate mice they're known to spread disease that's where we know that's how the plague was able to spread yeah, yeah, yeah. but also mice um we never would have thought um have and rats have given us scientific breakthroughs because they're used in the laboratory mm. and so mice and rats um you know for most of human history would have had no like purpose right and now they're extremely important in uh testing testing mice and stuff to see how medicines are going to react or lots of studies use mm. mice so that we right. can learn more about our own bodies right, right? yeah so, so they're um, spreading plague and they're helping us come up with right. with solutions that's redeeming and that's redeeming creation Boom. Love you it. know yeah and but it's, it's also important to remember that just because an animal or plant is not useful to us as humans doesn't mean it's without value mm. right. and i think that's something i really took away from this because i'm always talking about useful plants and all these plants but god said it was always very good mm. so what he he points out is that we need to care about the panda and the whales and the polar bear and all the ones that animals and the tiger the cute ones right the but we also ones. need to care about the brown moth that no one knows about right you know because, i think moths are cute dude yeah yeah <laughs> <Mothman> <laughs> <Little fuzzy. prophecy. laughs> but uh so yeah i mean all animals and plants are are very good that's Amen. the way god views them so we should view them like that so if we see practices that are destroying you know like i'll take for example the sonoran desert so the sonoran desert has plants that only grow in the sonoran desert like that's it the sonoran cactus right so it's beautiful biodiversity um and there's plants that only grow here so we want to preserve you know at least parts of it and we want to keep ecosystems intact and resilient to where all the animal species we have stay here and so one of the threats that I had messaged you guys is called buffalo grass. Mm. So buffalo grass will um, grow up in between. So like most of the uh, desert is the plants are spread out. So you might have a cactus here and some plants here. And in between, it's just gravel, right? And so what the buffalo grass is doing is it's coming in and it's creating spaces in between um, all of the plants and growing up. So it does a few things. It robs them of nutrients. Mm. So the plants um, are being robbed of water and nutrients. It can't produce as much uh, food. So less animal activity will be in those areas. So you're lowering biodiversity, right? The next thing a buffalo grass does is it's a, it's a fire hazard. It's extremely flammable. It mm. lights very fast and extremely hot. So these desert plants can't handle it. What happens is if buffalo grass takes over, it's already bad. And then a fire sweeps through after just one careless cigarette being flicked. Now you've just damaged a whole wow. large tract of land, which is what happened at the uh, superstitions. Hmm. I remember a few oh, guys. Oh, the buffalo grass. Okay. Yeah, the wow. buffalo grass. Yeah, I was driving home and you could see smoke for days from that fire. Wow. And I'm assuming that was uh, buffalo grass. And oh. so what happens is it destroys a whole um, sec a whole section, yeah. right, of the desert. Um, 
And so what grows back is just more buffalo grass. Okay. So it completely destroys wow. it. And this is a few things for us. So first of all, you're lowering biodiversity and you're destroying the desert, which is already having enough trouble because of all the water we're pumping and depleting the aquifers and stuff like, which is a whole nother issue. But um, it can damage homes uh, and it can damage our economy because yeah. The reason people come here to Phoenix is for ecotourism. They want to see the desert. They want to see saguaros. Okay. Um, so not only is it going to damage our ecotourism if uh, you know our native plant species are being wiped out or in the long run, right? But also house the animals that depend on those absolutely as well. They go down, and so um, and then uh, property values are going to be going down. If we're known as the fire capital of the West. Mm. Because so of it's all, all fires. it's all connected. Absolutely. Yeah. So and it so that the thing is that the tending we need to tend to that. That's just one example. One right. example of, where of we would need to tend area. to it. Right. Because buffalo grass it, it doubles every year. So exponentially, it's it's doubling and you know, there's a, right now. I don't even know if there's a solution other than just going and digging it out. You that, know? That's what I was thinking. So this is what I was thinking when I was, when I was hearing you say that. You said like there's an invasive species mm -hmm. that's on the earth in one specific spot. Thinking of like sin almost. We need godly people with a biblical worldview going and pulling out the buffalo grass to the glory of God. It's right. almost like preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. In a sense, every time you're pulling out a buffalo grass, you're preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like no joke. Like that. that's mm -hmm. the way it is. And if... if the buffalo grass is to keep growing. Let's think like a that is the secular secularist and atheistic agenda. Hmm. What is it really going to do? It's actually going to create wildfires oh, that are going to destroy see. culture. Yes. So every single time we're bending down to the glory of God and pulling out the buffalo grass, it's literally like preaching the gospel. Right. Hmm. That's a cool. That's a cool little concept. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, love that. yeah. That's I mean, good. That's just to give you guys something practical of yeah. just one plant. How it's damaging our ecosystem which most i feel like if i was to tell that to most christians they'd be like so what right what do you mean damaging the, like they, yeah. they don't have we're anything. gonna be raptured up in yeah. right yeah. or or it's just like i don't know like what to do about that but it affects all of us because sure. if property values go down and ecotourism goes down and you know uh, there's fire you know there's a fire uh hazard to our homes because there's buffalo grass surrounding yeah. you know that's just one example that it affects us sure and a hundred years from now, you know, which that's the, that's the thing. The pre-mill people aren't worried about a hundred years They're from not. now. Because yeah. like I grew up thinking we were going to get raptured. Sure. But that's not the correct view of eschatology. It's all going to get right. burned with fire anyways. Right. right. Exactly. And that's not what we see here in scripture. We see Christ saying, your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Yep. So we need to be Kingdom's trying. Kingdom's going to be so here. We need, we need to be bringing his kingdom here. And do you think there's environmental issues in heaven <laughs> you know but uh but so yeah so this should be something that's important to us mm -hmm. we need solutions coming from people who have a biblical worldview because without that the solution could is is skewed mm -hmm. right it, it's skewed or it's why or it'll make it worse in the long run yeah. sure and in my experience um i have to look to secular people to get those solutions mm -hmm. because I don't know of any Christians that are dealing with that. So you're trying to take the things that they've given, right. not every single aspect the science, of it, the and, real then, hard and then reform it to the glory Absolutely. of God yeah. instead of it Amen. being formed yeah. originally. But we, we see that even in Genesis when um, Jacob goes and he lives with his uncle Laban, right? So when he's going and living with his uncle Laban, Laban essentially puts him in type of slavery in order to get 
a wife. First, he wants Rachel, but now he gives him Leah. That makes him work for seven more years to get Rachel. And during this time, um, Jacob's actually gaining a lot of goats and things of that nature. Like, he's separating the speckled ones right. that he gets to keep for himself. But the way God did it, though, is he used Laban to bless Jacob, where he actually ended up getting more than Laban, and Laban wanted him to leave. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Like, that, that's what happens. So, it's the same thing with the sign, like the atheistic perspective. Yes, they may have some truths, right. but what's going to only do for the Christian in God's kingdom is we're going to take it, we're going to multiply it, and we're going to have correct dominion right. and subdue the earth with good stewardship while they're sitting there crying about eating a chicken. Right. You and what, and I mean? what it's going to do is... is it's going to show show people that Christians care about this and have a reason to care. Sure. Because the, it seems like the only people that cares about environmental <clears throat> issues are like liberals. I, I don't, in my experience, I don't, sure. you know, just in my everyday life, I've never met anyone that cared about the environment other than people who also are, you know, I feel you. humanists. Yeah. Sure. No, I you know what you. I mean? And so, but it's going to be very appealing to people. You know, not that we're trying to uh, draw them in with, you know, uh, anything other than the gospel, you know, but it's going to draw people in whenever we present the gospel and we're actually living it because the people who are caring about the environment, they don't walk into a Christian church and meet a bunch of other people who care, mm. which they should. Right. You know, right. and I'm just speaking on my own experience here. Yeah. Maybe there is churches out there that are very involved, but we need to be, you know, um, First and foremost, involved in preaching the gospel, discipling people, and saving babies. The heart change. Yeah, absolutely. But but we shouldn't other, we, neglect this. But we area. shouldn't neglect that area, right? right. And that's sure. what I'm, you know, I'm saying. This this should come with the heart change, right? And it's like we're almost living in a time right now where God is disciplining us by having these secular cultures um, be the ones that create these. <laughs> Uh, you know, solutions to certain problems. However, they they're doing, there's consequences, but we're not facing God's wrath for him. We're facing his discipline. So what we should do, like you're saying in this, is use God's discipline and love for our benefit and reform it and go out there and subdue and cultivate the earth. Right. Like, that's what I'm hearing, dude. I love it. Mm. That's fine. And I'm, and I'm preaching to myself, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, because I, haven't, I haven't, you know, signed up for the buffalo grass pool yet. Dude, dude. Right. I've looked. I've looked, but I Bro, haven't. You're like the Paul Washer of, like, the eco, eco system right now, dude. I'm loving it. It's like I convicting so. me while you're talking well, about well, it. Well, yeah. I mean, because I've just started getting convicted about it myself. And I'm just in the very beginning stages of looking into this stuff. Wow. But, I mean, um, definitely get this a different shade of green because he will help you... Um, you know, he has a bio, the, uh, what is the uh, documentary? Biology degree. Yeah, but what's the... Uh, oh, uh, uh, right, in the dance. right in the Dance. Right in the Dance. So that documentary was actually named after his biology textbook. Yes. The, uh, the Riot in the Dance. Yes. Mm. And so he has an introduction to biology, but he's a Christian, right? He believes what Genesis says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's super important that we um, start looking into these things. Because I'm not an alarmist. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we have this long before the earth sure. can't inhabit life anymore. But it's very true when you do watch like the documentaries um, that aren't Christian. Yeah. And they show you sometimes the amount of habitat loss. It's astounding. It's uh, It breaks your heart. You know, they'll show you like the time lapse of how different parts of the forest. Like, you know, the whole episodes on this jungle where they show all of the beauty. And then at the end, they show how a satellite image of how it's shrunk yeah. and it's almost non-existent anymore and it's turned into farmland. And it's like, I'm all for farmers, but there's a certain way you should go about mm. doing things that, you know, we're preserving God's With harmony. What he said was good, yeah, right? We're, we're ruling over it, um, but not in a way where we're dominating it in a way, the same way you rule over your 
wife and your household yeah. is that we're beautifying it, we're loving it, we're growing a garden. You, t- you tend garden. it, you tend yeah. it, yeah, and you t- cherish it. You cherish, you cherish it, right? It. Absolutely. Yeah. Dang, dude. You that's respect fire. It. That's something that's not, you know, Americans don't respect the woods. And if they do, they're usually not Christian. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we shouldn't respect it for because that's the difference. Is I, I would, you know, I'm saying a lot of the same things that the uh, the environmentalists are saying, but my reason's different. Right. I'm saying you should you should love nature because God loves it, and we should think His thoughts after Him. Right. Because we're in His image. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yes. there's a huge difference. The foundation's different, and it's gonna the results gonna be different too. Yeah. Right on, guys. I think it's been a great discussion. Yeah. We'll end it do. there. Let's get a little fist in. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for being part of our discussion. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah man. This edition versus submission. Sinners need forgiveness. Surrender to his lordship. Don't extort the grace he's given. See, I'm blessed by the one Yahweh all day. I'm a wretched sinner. Deserve hell for always. I'm